Buenos dias from Big Creek. This is a Rorschach Venezuela update from the 10th of March, 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Venezuela. To the surprise of many, Joe Biden's government decided to reach out to Maduro's in the midst of international tensions over Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The Biden administration officials, including Juan González, the National Security Council director for the Western Hemisphere, and Roger Carstens, U.S. Special Presidential Envoy for Hostage Affairs, were dispatched to Caracas on Sunday the 6th to meet Nicolás Maduro's cabinet. On Monday night, Nicolás Maduro announced over the nationwide radio television network that he had met with González and Carstens. He did not give any details about what they had talked about, but there was a notable change in his discourse, from fully supporting Russia to advocating for international peace. Different national and international analysts speculate that the intentions behind this rapprochement could be to lift the sanctions imposed by the Trump administration so that the U.S. would be able to buy oil from Venezuela, especially now that Russia is being isolated from the rest of the world. On Monday the 7th, Bob Menendez, a Democrat senator, who is also the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, expressed his strong opposition to Joe Biden's loosening or lifting of the sanctions. However, according to the U.S. District Judge Leonard Stark, it is not necessary to wait for the sanctions to be lifted in order to begin the sale of the shares of Citgo, a Venezuelan oil derivatives company located in the United States. With the money, Citgo could pay a compensation of almost 1.2 1.2 billion U.S. dollars that it owes to the Canadian company Crystalix. Stark stated on 3rd of March that he would appoint a special judge in the next few days to start selling the shares. In Miami, the Organization of Venezuelan Political Persecuted in Exile issued a statement rejecting the visit of the U.S. the visit of the U.S. delegation because it would represent a formal recognition of Nicolás Maduro's administration as the official government of Venezuela, instead of Juan Guaidos. On Tuesday, the 8th of March, Maduro released two Americans imprisoned in Venezuela, Gustavo Adolfo Cardenas, a CITCO executive imprisoned in 2017, and Jorge Alberto Fernández, a Cuban-American tourist, accused of terrorism for flying a drone in Venezuela in February 2021. These releases could mean a turning point in the U.S.-Venezuelan relations. In Venezuela, there are still eight other U.S. citizens imprisoned on the charges ranging from embezzlement to terrorism. Also on Tuesday the 8th, two former Venezuelan prosecutors, Daniel de Andrea Colendano and Luis Javier Sanchez Rangel, were indicted by the U.S. Department of Justice for money laundering, as well as allegedly receiving around $1 million U.S. million in bribes through fake invoices for PDVSA. If found guilty, they could face up to 20 years in prison. On Monday, the 7th of March, Alejandro Giamate, president of Guatemala, stated at the Parliamentary Forum on Intelligence and Security in the Guatemalan Congress that 95% of the airplanes transporting drugs to Mexico and Central America come from Venezuela. On Friday the 4th of March, 
Nicolas Maduro announced his plan to increase the minimum wage to a half a petro, the monetary measure anchored to the price of oil. This increase would be equivalent to less than 30 U.S. dollars per month according to the latest quotation of the petro. Maduro also announced on Monday the 7th that the natural dialogue between Maduro's government and the opposition would be reactivated. However, he did not say whether the negotiation tables held in Mexico with opposition representatives, which were suspended after the arrest of Alex Saab, would be resumed. The growing influx of Russian tourists to Margarita Island in eastern Venezuela was dampened by the recent sanctions against Russia. Not only have Russian citizens stopped coming, but 400 tourists who were on the island were evacuated on charter flights on Tuesday, 3rd of March. Due to the closure of Russian airspace, their passengers would have to go to Europe without knowing whether they would be able to travel back to Russia. Back to some local news. Mayor Ernesto Paracaima's proposal to legalize same-sex marriage in El Tigre, eastern Venezuela, was met with significant opposition from churches and parishioners, who, on Sunday the 6th of March, marched and demonstrated against the mayor's proposal. The proposal also seeks to prohibit conversion therapies, which have been declared by the UN as mechanisms of torture. Evangelical and Catholic Christians, however, believe that the mayor's proposals are detrimental to, quote, family life, good customs, and modesty, end quote. Also on Tuesday the 8th, in light of International Women's Day, demonstrations and marches were held in six Venezuelan states. People carried banners and slogans denouncing gender violence in Venezuela and the state's incompliance to the organic law on the right of women to a life free of violence. To mitigate gender-based violence, Pink Taxi Initiative was recently launched in Caracas. It is a transportation and delivery service made up of 15 women drivers dedicated to serving only women for their safety. Pink Taxi currently only operates in the capital of the country. With the rise of this type of services, to which are added yummy rides and ridery, apps that are similar to Uber and Lyft, traditional cab drivers have reported that their clientele has been reduced by almost 70% because the clients prefer security and rates offered by these applications. In economic news, on the 4th of March, the Banco Nacional de Crédito, owned by the Nogueroles family, acquired Banco Occidental de Descuento, or BOD, which was close to bankruptcy. Furthermore, the BOD kept the funds of its many clientele blocked or with limitations on movements and withdrawals. José Nogueroles, the president of Banco Nacional de Crédito, will put his name to the entire operation in Venezuela. Under the name of BOD, only the toxic assets of the conglomerate will remain, which in practice will allow the entity to only keep BOD's previous international operations. Due to the escalation of the conflict between Russia and Ukraine, Venezuelan oil recently reached a value of 80 U.S. dollars per barrel of oil, an increase of 17 U.S. dollars compared to January's prices. Despite the de facto dollarization, Martians in highly populated areas have recorded higher revenues in bolivars. Many claim that due to the lack of $1, $5, and $10 bills, many prefer to pay in bolivars so as not to deal with receiving change. And to close this edition, the emergence of the new oligarchy, 
related to the Maduro government threatened to destroy the country's tourist sites. Previously, it was denounced that many nouveau riches were building large houses in the Los Arroques Archipelago, a national park in the north of Venezuela in the Caribbean Sea. Now, the Galipan National Park near Caracas is being deforested to construct mansions. Although Los Roques Archipelago is designed as a protected area, the country has been ignoring environmental laws since 2019. Residents of the area, or mostly farmers, have opposed and stopped several constructions. However, many constructions have advanced. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Since the 8th of March was International Women's Day, before we say goodbye, we'll leave you with a quote about female empowerment. As women achieve power, the barriers will fall. As society sees what women can do, as women see what women can do, there will be more women out there doing things and we'll all be better off for it, end quote. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at venezuela at Rorschach.com or follow us on Instagram at Rorschach Venezuela. Hasta la próxima. Hasta la próxima.